Hello, you are listening to Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. And today we are going to hear some information about this exciting study called the Go Fresh Study. Um, I'll be right back with the people that are going to share this, this wonderful information with us. And welcome back. This is Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio station. And again, we're going to be getting some information about an exciting new study here in the greater Boston area called the Go Fresh Study. I have two guests here who are um, part of this study, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Marwa, um, and I'm the clinical trial specialist on the study. And thank you so much for having us today. I'm so glad you could join us. Thank you. Hi, Vivian. Thank you so much for having us today. Um, my name is Nora. I'm one of the research dietitians on GoFresh. Um, yeah, we're really excited to be here. Okay. So could you please share with us what is this GoFresh study? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a little bit of an acronym. I know it doesn't sound like it, but Go Fresh stands for actually groceries for black residents of Boston to stop hypertension. Um, so yeah, like you mentioned, it is a research study that we're doing at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Um, and so, you know, our, our primary goal with this study is trying to see how we can utilize groceries um, that can help lower blood pressure, especially we're targeting black and African-American adults because we know that hypertension is very prevalent in that population. So we really want to kind of make something that can be impactful and beneficial for those people's lives. Wow, that sounds really, really exciting and something that that is needed, very mm -hmm. much needed. Um, can you please share when this study started? I think we officially had gone live actually just about a year ago. I want to say it was maybe beginning of September 2022, if I have that right. Okay. Okay. And um, can you tell us how many people so far have been involved in the study, approximately? Yeah. Yeah. We actually just hit um, about 68 for GoFresh. And we actually have a sister study that we're doing. It's called GoFresh RX. Um, so GoFresh has uh, individuals get enrolled for um, with elevated blood pressure, but don't necessarily have medication that they're taking. But then GoFresh RX has um, individuals enrolled that are taking medication for their elevated blood pressure. So between the two of them, we have 68 each. If I can do quick mental math there, I think that's 136 in total. Wow, 136 people. Mm -hmm. And um, what is your uh, goal? How many people are you trying to include in this study? Yeah, we're trying to hit about 175 for each sister study. So in total, that's about 350. Okay, so you need a little over a uh, little over a hundred for each study in order to reach the numbers that you're trying to reach. Yep, exactly. Okay, sounds good. Sounds great. So and how are you how are you um, reaching these people? 
Yeah, so we were out in the community. Um, actually, just this past Saturday, we were part of the uh, American Heart Association Heart Walk, and we were able to connect with a few community members there. Um, but we're also out in the community in different other events. Um, we were at the co-op, um, the Dorchester co-op um, opening just a couple of weeks ago. That was very exciting. We got to connect with a lot of community members there as well. Okay, that sounds that sounds really great, and that is an exciting new, um, I guess, a, a business that's that's opened up in Dorchester. I'm it looking really forward is. to checking it out myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and are you also connecting with? other um, hospitals or I, I don't know. I, I, I don't exactly understand how that might work. Yeah, we're not currently connecting with other hospitals, okay. but if our, if there are doctors that would like to refer their patients to us, um, we welcome any type of referrals. We've had a lot of people who referred their family members, their friends, relatives, and so forth. Um, you can also find our advertisements on the MBTA uh, if you write this you can see the Go Fresh advertisements over there too. Oh wow, that's exciting! So does that mean that, like, I see when I see the buses, some of the buses riding up and down the streets mm -hmm. in Boston, I see large signage mm -hmm. on the buses. Is that what you mean, perhaps, or are you talking more inside the buses? Great question. Yeah, we have the interior <laughs> advertisements for now. Okay, uh, great <laughs> idea for the exterior advertisements as well. <laughs> That would be kind of exciting to see <laughs> on one of those those double buses go fresh all over the bus. That mm -hmm. would be that would really catch people's <laughs> eyes because, you know, that would make people. What is that? Go fresh. What does that mean? And maybe, you know, take a quick picture and then um, see what's find out what's going on with that. OK, so can you share a little bit about how this study works? What, what what's going on? I understand the purpose of it, but What's involved in this study? Absolutely. Um, so people get um, through a screening phase where we screen them for their blood pressure measurements. Based on that measurement, we'll be able to determine if they're eligible to move forward in the study or not. We're looking for people with elevated blood pressure. Um, once, you, once we take those measurements, we do a couple more screening assessments, and then we enroll you in the program. You get to meet with a dietitian that will um, enroll you in one out of two groups. It's completely random, but both groups are great. Um, the first group will get groceries for three months. These are DASH-oriented groceries, which is um, which stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. And those are um, this is a diet full in um, fruits and veggies and uh, grains. Low, uh, low fat dairy and so forth. And then the other group gets uh, $500 each month for three months in a row. After the three months are over, both groups are invited to come back for more visits in the clinic at Beth Israel Medical Center. And that's where we move forward with measuring their blood pressure again, doing a couple more assessments at the three month mark, but also at the six month mark. And, um, most participants come in for either seven to eight in-person visits in total, and we'll be able to determine their initial baseline measurements and then compare them with their follow-up measurements after the intervention. 
All this information gets shared with the participants um, after the program is over. So they all get their labs, they get their blood pressure measurements, height and weight, any type of assessments we do, we'd love to share that information for people's own benefit as well. So how long would a person be involved in this study? Great question. About a year. Um, the, the screening phase is about um, a month, I would say, roughly, to maximum 60 days. And then the, the intervention, about three months. The follow-up phase is six months. So altogether, it's about a year, but you're really just enrolled in the intervention phase for three months out of that year. Okay, so, so there are two groups, possibly, that people are put into these groups randomly. And one group um, is involving actual diet. I believe you said the DASH diet. Correct. And then the other group involves receiving some money, um, I believe monthly, $500. And hopefully they will be buying nutritious food with this money. But do you have any, does the program have any um, restrictions on what they can do with this money? Um, so people can um, buy their own needs with that money. We don't really um, restrict them. And um, everyone can uh, make their own judgment on how they want to spend their funds. But I would think that if people were involved with this study, which is regarding uh, high blood pressure, that they might use the money or some of the money, at least, if not all of the money, on better food choices. Um, and I, I would think that that might be what the study would be hoping for. But as you said, there's no restrictions. They can do whatever they choose. Is that what mm -hmm. I'm understanding? That's correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Um, wow. This is really... This is really exciting, and this is really interesting. Um, right now, do you, the people that are, are that you choose, it seems like you're looking for people perhaps with elevated blood pressure levels. Um, are you looking for, I don't know, are you looking for a certain amount of women? Are you looking for a certain amount of men? Are you looking for certain specific age groups? Um, or how old do you have to be in order to be a part of this study? Yeah, those are great questions. So we're not looking for exclusively men or women. We definitely want to see a mix just to kind of really capture our population, you know, as accurately as possible. Mm -hmm. um, we are enrolling only adults, though. So anyone 18 plus. Um, and then we don't really have an age cap after that. Oh, wow. So you could be 18 or you could be 81. And we actually have a range similar to that. Not quite 18 yet, but we've had some individuals enrolled as young as 21 and some as old as 85. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's that's interesting. Because yeah. one, you know, not being a medical person, one tends, I tend to think of people with high blood pressure as being a little older, mm -hmm. not quite so, not quite so young. Um, I don't know why, as I said, not being a medical person, but that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to take a quick break right now, and um, we'll come back for you to share more information. Again, this is Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station.
And this is Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio station. And we're back with the Go Fresh, with the Go Fresh study that's going on here in Boston. Again, we just found out some really interesting information about this exciting study that can help people um, get some, possibly get some control over their high blood pressure. I'd like to know, you both shared um, what your titles are within the program, but again, not being a medical person, I really don't know what that means. So if you could, again, share a little bit what your direct involvement is with this program. Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a research dietitian on the team. So I would say my kind of primary role is once our participants do get um, randomized and enrolled into the study, which I play a role in um, actually going through that randomization, I actually kind of conduct that trial period for them, like that three months Marwa had discussed earlier. So with the groceries, for example, um, they receive it on a weekly basis. So it's a total of 12 weeks. And with that, I'm helping them order the groceries, but also doing some, you know, nutrition counseling as well. So we talk about different concepts related to DASH and also just general, you know, food prep, healthy eating kind of approaches to safe cooking, um, safety and storage and things like that. So it's it's very much so kind of a collaborative experience for the participants when they are in that grocery group with the dietitian. Um, on the flip side, you know, for anyone who does get the one with $500 monthly for three months, I do still check in with them. It's very much so more, um, I would say, informal or, or more uh, relaxed in the sense of, you know, it's a very brief check-in. It's just making sure they're doing okay, you know, they're receiving their payments and, and there haven't been any kind of, you know, outstanding issues that have arised. Um, so there's definitely follow-up with the participants in both groups. It's just kind of at different capacities. So that's kind of, I would say, the primary role at being a research dietitian. But the really fun thing about research is it's very multidimensional. So while that's my main role, I'm also involved in recruitment. I'm also involved in data entry, data analysis, um, you know, payments for people uh, in terms of kind of going through the different study steps, uh, writing different kind of research papers such as manuals or or design kind of um, processes. So it's really fun. It's it's a lot of different kind of skills you get to use. And these check-ins, are these check-ins done in person? Do they have to, uh, do the people have to go to the hospital to do these check-ins or do you come to their homes to do these check-ins? How does that work? Yeah, we try to make it as convenient as possible for people. So it is either by phone call or by video, depending on the person's preference. Um, I would say, you know, maybe like 95% of the time people choose phone call um, just to kind of make it as convenient for them as possible. So no, they don't have to come in person for it. Okay, okay. Sounds great. Sounds really interesting, the work that you're doing. Thank you. And what about you, yeah, so I'm working as the trial specialist. Um, so I do see participants and conduct those um, study visits with them by also helping um, organizing the logistics and um, coordinating with different team members, um, depending on different tasks um, that are needed. And as Nora mentioned, um, the fun thing about research, you get to do a little bit of everything. So we get the fun part, which is um, meeting with people in the community, seeing people, but also we get to work on uh, research papers, analysis, and 
different other projects in the background as well. Um, I My favorite part is meeting with the participants. Um, I get to hear different people's stories, but also their live feedback about the program and how, how they're loving it or what ideas they may have for us in the future as well. Okay. And again, is this is this in person? Is this not in person? Is this sometimes in person? <laughs> yeah, great question. So um, unlike the dietitian part that is completely virtual, um, my part is all in person. So the participants get to um, come in clinic for seven to eight in-person visits. Those seven to eight visits will happen at the main um, Beth Israel Hospital at 330 um, uh, Brookline Ave which is in the Longwood Medical Area. Um, we are hoping to start seeing participants in our community center at Bowdoin Street Health Center in Dorchester. We're hoping to launch that soon, um, but we have been successful in completing the first visit over there. So people can at least do their initial visit at Bowdoin and they, if m traveling to Longwood, can be a little bit of a trouble. It might be more convenient to just see us at Bowdoin, at least for that first visit, and see if they make it through the study or not. Now, I um, would think that perhaps for some people, um, getting to um, even Bowdoin's, Bowdoin Street Health Clinic, Bowdoin Street Community mm -hmm. Health Center, or the hospital might be a little challenging in terms of uh, finances. Um, is, does the study assist in any way with that? Yeah, um, we, we started um, giving um, parking reimbursements for anyone who comes in to the Longwood Medical Area. Um, because we understand that parking there can be um, a little bit expensive and, um, and not as convenient. For those that show up at Bowdoin, um, there's actually free patient parking right in front of the community center. Mm -hmm. If not, sometimes you can find off-street parking as well. Um, if you end up using the T or um, getting a cab or um, an Uber Lyft uh, service, then you will be reimbursed as well for that. We reimburse up to um, $20 for a round trip, starting at the second visit. Okay, so it really sounds like you're, you're trying to do as much as you can to make it as convenient um, and as welcoming as possible for people to participate in this study. That's sort of what I'm hearing. This is really great. Now, Nora, you had shared a little bit about helping people order their groceries. What what does that mean, helping people order their groceries? Yeah, so once people get enrolled into that group, um, we have what's called like an order sheet. And the way, best way to describe it, it's almost like an a la carte menu where, um, you know, our primary focus groups for food categories are fruits, um, vegetables. I know Mara mentioned this earlier too. Um, some whole grains, low-fat dairy, lean proteins, um, healthy fats, nuts, seeds, and legumes, and some spices and seasonings. So, you know, we have a pretty extensive list, list of those categories. It's definitely not comprehensive. There might be some things that are missing in there. Um, but so with that, it's a very collaborative experience. And I always tell my participants, because this list is not 100% comprehensive, we can always 
adjust it so that it's best suited for, you know, what you want. So for example, if there's a specific fruit missing from our fruit list, we're always able to add it on as long as it's stash compliant. Um, likewise for any of the other categories. So week by week, we kind of go through that list and category by category, I just ask them, you know, what would you like from this category for this week? Um, and yeah, and it's again, I, I always kind of like to think of it as they're the ones leading the order and I'm just kind of facilitating the actual, you know, mechanics of the order. And and if they're kind of feeling stuck on what to get, I'll kind of sometimes make different suggestions based on more dash compliance or or things that might be kind of richer in potassium for them. Oh, um, you mentioned potassium. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing since you mentioned it, it must be important. <laughs> it, it very much so. <laughs> when we think of um, what nutrients and what food can impact blood pressure or how it can impact blood pressure, really there's two big uh, key players here. Number one is potassium, particularly having more rich and, and high potassium. Um, and then the flip side of it is sodium and in particular having low sodium. So really, really focus with the groceries on that kind of um combination. So our groceries, we try to make them rich in potassium and we try not to send things that are particularly high in sodium as well. Okay. Okay. A question that that just came across my yeah. mind is Boston is so rich with culture, mm -hmm. so many different ethnicities, so many different languages, you know, so many different ways of cooking and foods that are eaten. Mm -hmm. So how, how does this uh, study address that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, kind of preliminarily, we actually have a community advisory board that really plays a big role in us making sure that we're making our study best suited for our community, right? We obviously, we don't want to make, you know, recommendations that don't make sense for this population's, uh, you know, eating, traditions, culture, everything like that. So they play a very crucial role for us in kind of guiding us that way. Um, and then also, it's again, it's a very collaborative, very open experience. So, you know, if I'm talking to my participants, I'll tell them, you know, are there certain fruits or certain items in this category that you particularly really enjoy that are very crucial to you from a cultural and traditional standpoint? Because I always reiterate for them that that's not something I want them to feel like is lost in this process. Um, and I think a lot of times when people hear the word diet, particularly from a cultural and traditional standpoint, they feel like they have to lose a part of their identity for the sake of this diet. And, and that's something that I think very much so is not true and doesn't need to be true. Okay. It looks like this program is is trying to make sure that they have everything checked off, checked off so that people will want to participate. Mm -hmm. And then also when they when they get into the program, that they will want to finish the program. Right. You know, that's I think that that's very important. Mm -hmm. You don't want people to feel um turned away turned away like their voices are not being heard right or also that um, their culture is not important um, but it sounds like you guys are really covering all the bases which is really really exciting and then you also mentioned something about an educational piece could you share a little bit more about that Definitely. Yeah. So we have um, about 12 weeks worth of educational handouts and materials that we've prepared for our participants. Um, and they vary in different topics. But so, for example, we always kind of consider the first 
you know, quarter of the of the program to really be focused on education. So what DASH really is, um, what that entails from kind of a food category and food quantity standpoint, um, why are we focused so much on potassium and sodium? Um, and then we also kind of talk about food safety in the sense of signs to identify foods that might be spoiled or no longer safe to consume. We talk about ways to make DASH a more sustainable um, lifestyle for them in the sense of, you know, if there are foods and recipes they really enjoy, but maybe there's certain elements of it that might not be, you know, in- inherently dash friendly. What are small substitutions that we can make where you don't lose that integrity of that recipe, but you can still make it kind of fit with dash um, and not in the reverse where it has to make it more dash kind of um, like dash overcomes it. It has to be the other way around for for us. Um, and then the last kind of portion of the uh the educational handouts. You know, we talk about how to read the nutrition label, particularly from a DASH lens. We talk about um, ingredient prep and meal prep, especially if that's really helpful for people to make it, again, sustainable and lasting for them. And we talk about ways, again, to think of DASH in the long term. We always reiterate, you know, we don't want it to feel like a diet because diets we know definitely don't work. They're short-term, they're usually very intensive, and, and it's not sustainable for people. So, you know, we talk about things like implementing certain dash concepts during the holidays. If you want to go out to eat with family members or, you know, there's special events that come up. Um, and even from, you know, way at the end of the program, we talk about smart shopping, right? So I think there's commonly a thought that eating healthy means that it costs more. And in certain cases, it definitely can. And so we use that um, educational week to really talk about ways where it doesn't have to be expensive and, and it can kind of feel or participants can feel more empowered to be able to eat healthy. Wow, this is really, this is really, sounds like it's all inclusive, which is really exciting. So we're going to take another quick break. Again, this is Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. You're listening to WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. Did you know you can listen to WBCA from anywhere in the world? Stream us online at WBCARadio.org from your computer or smartphone to hear the latest in local music and news every day from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. Welcome back. This is Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. And we're here today learning about the Go Fresh study. And if people want more information about this study, they can go to gofreshstudy.org or they can go to, they can call 617-903-7900. Four, three. Again, that's 617-903-7943. 
And so now we're going to, I have a few more questions that I'd love to get some information about. Do you, again, because Boston is so diverse, so many different cultures, so many different languages, is there any way that this program compensates for the different languages that are spoken in, in the greater Boston area? That's a great question that we've been thinking about a lot uh, lately uh, in particular. I would say um, for now, um, the program is only in English. We do have limitations um, because of the staff members um, uh, only speak in English, but also because of limitations um, with the interpretation services. Um, we are hoping, though, in translating the program in different languages, if it's not this program. It could be like future programs that we can um, be starting soon. I'm, I'm not sure, though, um, if we can promise um, this program in particular in languages other than English for now. Okay. Okay. But it's something that is is on the minds of people and, and, that, and that is something that's, that's being thought about. Definitely. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, in terms of the groceries... That um, that are given for people that are in that um, group, is it just groceries for your person that's in the in the study? So it's sort of like the shopping for one, or how how might that work? That's a really great question. So I would say primarily the groceries are for the participant because we are trying to see um, how it can affect some of our outcomes that we're measuring. But we do also want to be accommodating, you know, to the fact that if somebody has family members that they eat with very regularly, um, we are able to send a little bit extra of that just so they can um, be ensured that they can, can still eat with the members of their household um, or if they, you know, regularly eat with neighbors or kind of whatever, you um, that looks like for each individual, we do accommodate for that. We always tell our participants, though, you know, as much as possible, if that if the majority of the groceries can be consumed by them, because like I said, that is the outcome that we're looking at from them in, uh, directly. But we are also interested in seeing, you know, the implications of having additional groceries impact, you know, family members, fruit and vegetable intake, if that has increased with the three months or not, too. Okay. And you mentioned the outcomes. What exactly are the outcomes that you're measuring for this study? Yeah, so I would say our primary outcome is blood pressure. We are trying to see if there can be an impact on reducing blood pressure. Um, and then some of our secondary outcomes, you know, include different lab values that we're looking at, um, even maybe to a degree change in weight. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of different kind of subcategories uh, that we're trying to see too. We also uh, have some different screeners and um, like dietary recalls that we do on individuals to see just their eating habits. So one of our outcomes that, again, is kind of more secondary that we're looking at is do people's eating habits change over time? You know, are they eating less frequently of sodium-rich foods or high-fat foods? And are they eating more of, you know, more fibrous and potassium-rich foods compared to prior to the program? So there's a lot of kind of sub-areas that we're um, addressing. But like I mentioned, our primary um, outcome that we're looking at is blood pressure. And um, primary outcome is blood pressure. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when people hear about programs that have to do with diet, not dieting, but simply diet, just that word. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, um, I think of weight loss. Um, but that is not one of your, um, one of the, it's not a primary outcome that you're measuring. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and if, 
if I understand that correctly, that's not what this program is about. This is not a weight loss program, correct? Yeah, you're oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Correct. Yeah, that's a really um, great point. Um, we, we want people to make sure that they're eating enough food, they're not overeating or trying to like diet at the same time. I know the word diet to some people might mean um, weight loss, but for this program, it, it's the um, uh, following the diet, the Go Fresh diet or the DASH diet, um, as we name it, without um, losing weight or at least without intentionally trying to lose weight. Okay, okay. I'm curious, though, if people follow, truly follow this program, um, might that definitely occur, though, the, the losing of the, of losing some weight or gaining some weight? <laughs> some weight, I'm not sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I do tell my participants that while, you know, we want everyone to kind of approach it in a weight neutrality, so not actively trying to lose or gain weight, that is certainly an outcome. Um, we see a lot in research that the DASH eating plan or the DASH diet does have a lot of benefits when it comes to kind of weight change. And that can go either direction on that scale um, or that spectrum, I should say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, we have had a lot of participants experience that. Like they, they'll tell us kind of anecdotally that they're feeling a lot lighter. They're noticing a change in their weight on the plus or the minus side. Um, so it definitely can happen. But we always kind of try to say, you know, try not to let it happen in your control. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I understand a little bit better now. Mm -hmm. um, is there um, any aspect of this program that deals with physical activity at all? That's a really great question. So we're not um, we're, like as a part of the intervention, we're not actively telling people to do physical activity, but we do measure it at the screening period, mainly because we um, do calculate and, and figure out people's calorie needs. And that kind of determines how many ca uh, groceries we send to people. Um, and with that, we also figure out physical activity levels. So, you know, we have this questionnaire, um, this validated questionnaire that we use that does ask kind of, you know, frequency of vigorous physical activity. That's kind of the one that really makes you sweat a lot, makes you breathe heavy a lot. Um, and then also, you know, frequency of more moderate activity. So breathe a little bit heavier, maybe sweat a little bit, but not, you know, not your baseline um, level of walking, level of sitting, things like that. So that helps us determine calories. I would say that's probably the extent of physical activity being incorporated. Um, we do have a lot of very physically active members in our study, um, and that's that's certainly not an exclusion. Like someone definitely can be physically active because we know, you know, people do it for weight loss, but people also do it for their just well-being and their health. So that that right off the bat shouldn't be an exclusion, and, and it's not treated as that. Do people who participate in this study, if they go, if they successfully go through the screening process, um, do they have to have their clinician, their PCPs um, sign off on this saying that it's, it's okay for, for them to participate in this? Um, I'm not sure if people need to particularly get any um, signing from anyone to be in the program. Uh, however, everyone is welcome um, to speak with people that they trust, if that was their PCP or if that was um, someone like a nurse practitioner or someone that they would like to get their opinion on before getting enrolled in the program. We don't require it, though, from our end. Okay, so it's not a requirement. Okay, because I know in a lot of programs, a medical 
programs or diet related programs, they do either require or strongly suggest that you contact your doctor before participating. But in this program, that's not the case. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, ladies. Um, let me see. The educational. Whenever I hear something about educational um, information, I always think about tests. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe that's the teacher in me again. So once you, you, they're going through their educational modules, are they tested? Definitely not. No, absolutely not. Um, we we have one form that just kind of gets general idea of what people's understanding is. But no, definitely no, no grading, no um, kind of we, we don't use that to determine people's success either in any sort of way. We always really bring it down to the individual at the end of the day and kind of say the goal of this isn't to, you know, make you feel like you have to be tested on all of this necessarily, but it is just to kind of help instill that confidence in building some sustainable and healthy uh, lifestyle changes. Okay. Okay. And I I understand that this, this program is going on in the greater Boston area. Is that correct? But are there, there are so many neighborhoods in Boston. Are there specific neighborhoods that you're that you're focusing on? Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting because it's Boston, but certain areas of Boston. So we follow um, the Department of Public Health. Um, I think it, they have a certain list of certain zip codes that are considered food deserts or what we also call food apartheids, where they don't have access to groceries in a very accessible way. So we are looking at specific zip codes. I have that list right here in front of me. So that is um, Dorchester, that is Revere, Roxbury, Brighton, Malden, Chelsea, Mattapan, um, I think I said Revere already, East Boston, Everett, Roslindale, um, Hyde Park, Winthrop, and Jamaica Plain. Um, and so we always tell our participants to, you know, these are the certain areas that we're targeting for those reasons. Sometimes people get a little confused when they just hear Boston, but there are some parts of Boston that, you know, have much easier access to groceries, such as, you know, we get a lot of people from like more of the Back Bay area, more from the South End. Um, so, so those are kind of the specific areas we're looking for. Yeah. Okay. So that was those were nine different communities. Nine different. I mean, I'm sorry, not nine. Twelve. Twelve right. different communities or neighborhoods that you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. Excellent. 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 And um, your outreach involves. Um, connect, going to community events, maybe um, uh, connecting with, I don't know, um, programs that deal with 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 people in these in these neighborhoods in these neighborhoods or communities, um, and and what other type of outreach um, do you do? Great question. Um, so yeah, we definitely connect with um, different community members, um, and we've been um, very lucky to have a lot of um, star community members recruit on our behalf as well for the study, um, and con- and also connecting us um, to other different um, organizations. I would say we're also um, reaching out to people via mail. 
So some people might receive a letter in the mail. Um, that's not a scam. That's go fresh. You can even um, respond to that mailer and return it in the mail. Um, we have like a return slip. So if you receive that mail slip, you can um, mail it back. I will say that that is how I first heard about this wonderful program. I actually received a placard or a mail a mailer in the mail that said something about Go Fresh program. Um, and fortunately, it didn't automatically go into my junk pile. <laughs> I said, hmm, um, I did put it aside. I said, I'll have to look at this a little bit later. I said, my bills are more important right now. <laughs> so I did put it aside. And I did, again, as I'm sorting through, you know, junk mail, not junk mail, I came across it again. And, and that caught my curiosity. And I said, hmm, let me find out about this. What's going on with this. Mm -hmm. So I will say that that is one successful way um, about reaching people. Again, people, we get inundated with so much mail and so much of it is junk that we do um, toss it aside. But I think if people take the time to read it um, and, and at least I think it will spark a lot of people's interest, at least to try to find out more information, mm -hmm. at least more information. And again, for people who can get more information, they can go to gofreshstudy.org and or call 617-903-7943 if they want more information about this, this wonderful, wonderful program that's going on or study that's going on um, in, the greater, in the greater Boston area. Um, Cultural relevance, like we, we touched upon that a little bit. I know, let's just say, for example, um, perhaps a lot of people that might be from the South might do a lot of frying their foods. You know, fried fried chicken tastes delicious. <laughs> fried fish tastes delicious, <laughs> if I must say so myself. <laughs> and you can fry a hamburger. <laughs> I mean, you can fry just about anything, actually. <laughs> But can you share a little bit um, how um, this, how you guys would um, um, deal with that type of thing? For sure, yeah. So we kind of take people's um, personal recipes that they really enjoy. Let's say it is fried chicken, um, and let's say you know a common one that comes up is collard greens or um, fried plantains. Is a lot of one is another one that comes up, especially for our more. Um, African-based group and also for like Afro-Caribbean populations too, the plantains come up quite a bit. Um, but so for fried chicken, for example, we kind of will approach it in two avenues. So one will be kind of from the, the fat side of things, um, which is a, a, a component of the DASH eating plan. So we'll kind of think of ways to reduce that fat content of it, which we know fried food tends to be very high in fat, particularly saturated fat. Um, so, you know, sometimes I'll say if we can do, you know, a pan seared chicken option that can still kind of give that crisp element or if we can do a baked like on a high degree if someone has an air fryer that can still give that crispiness um, to it as well. That's kind of helping with the the fat piece of it. And then also when it comes to fried chicken, a lot of it sometimes also comes in the flavor of it when it comes to seasoning it and spicing it. So we really focus on like creating a kitchen that's a low sodium zone. So really not relying too much on salt, which I'm sorry, sodium is uh, salt. I should have mentioned that earlier. <laughs> but um, so creating a low salt zone in your kitchen. So kind of thinking of other ways to explore different spices, different herbs, different seasonings to bring that flavor forward for, um, for example, for the fried chicken. So, you know, that could also be adding some more chili powder if they enjoy kind of a little kick to it, adding some different herbs to kind of give it more of a freshness. Um, so really kind of 
creating that explorative approach um, so that they're not feeling they can only rely on the salt. And are you finding it, um, because your people will be exploring different kinds of seasonings, perhaps seasonings that they that they've never used before, perhaps seasonings that they actually have in their in their pantries or in their mm-hmm. cupboards, but you know they're just so used to piling on that salt that you're finding that people are um, just welcoming, you know, or saying, "I had no idea," or "This is really, you know, this is really, I had no idea. This this is really good." Yeah, I think it, it definitely is. Um kind of a learning curve, I think. And what I mean by that is it's a little bit of an adjustment to go from, you know, the traditional amount of salt that some people might have. And honestly, there isn't even really a traditional amount because it varies person to person, but it's very typically to be on the higher end that people use salt for cooking. So it's very gradual. I always tell my participants it's definitely not a zero to 100% approach. You know, weaning it off kind of slowly and integrating some of those other spices and herbs in a very explorative way and kind of, you know, thinking, you know, let me try this out. If I don't like it, I never have to try it again. But if I do like it, I can think of ways to integrate it in different recipes that I enjoy now because I know I do really like it. So we always kind of take that gradual step-by-step, week-by-week approach. Um, What we find a lot of the times is by, you know, the midpoint of the study, a lot of our participants have kind of an aversion almost to really salty foods um, just because they've kind of acclimated to using not so much in their own cooking and kind of using some of those different herbs and spices instead. Sometimes my participants might have, you know, family events like a birthday or they'll go out for dinner for a celebration of something um, like once in a while. And they'll say, you know, the food I had was like really unpalatable because it was so salty. And I think it's it's a really fun experience as a dietitian to hear that just because, you know, you get to see both the physio- physiology of it coming out, but also the person's experience just is it's almost like a light bulb for them. And it's it's just a really fun um, observance for me. <laughs> Wow. And can you share, is there a certain end date for this program or is there or is it more about reaching your numbers? Great question. Um, We will be enrolling people throughout hopefully the next several months, maybe up to a year. Um, Once we reach our um, recruitment um, goal, we will be closing for recruitment. But I would say we're definitely open for the next several months Minimal. Minimal. Okay. Um, And so for the next several months, definitely trying to reach more people. And it's for both programs, the Go Fresh and the Go Fresh, was it Rx? Rx, yes. So if you're taking blood pressure medications or not, you're both welcome to screen. And once we screen you, we'll understand what group you'll you'll basically fall in if you're in the GoFresh study or GoFresh Rx based on your medication status. Okay, so people, so it sounds like people who might not necessarily be diagnosed as high blood pressure also should just investigate this. Correct, yes. Uh, The relevance of high blood pressure, elevated blood pressure, especially in Black adults, it's higher than any other race. And we really encourage everyone to just come in, get a free screening. And if you don't make it through, at least you you got to know what your blood pressure is and you got a free screening at the clinic. If you do make it through, then at least we're able to move forward with the study. But also you get to learn more about your elevated blood pressure. 
fantastic. And this screening process, again, what's involved in the screening process? Great question. Um, it, it's a multi-step process. Um, it's about three to four visits. We measure your blood pressure. If you make it through, we invite you for another visit where we um, measure, uh, do some blood um, draw. And the reason for that, we make sure we check for your glucose levels. We do a ki full kidney panel and so forth. We also um, do some 24-hour assessments. We hook you up with a 26-hour actually monitor, a blood pressure monitor that will measure your blood pressure while you're um, at home doing your regular activities, and then you'll bring it back um, in the following visit. You'll also be sent home with a 24-hour urine assessment, and that will help us um, assess the potassium and sodium levels in your urine. You'll also um, go through height and weight measurements and get further more blood pressure measurements. We'll measure your blood pressure basically across the three um, visits and then take the average of those three um, visits and make sure it's still within the range we're looking for for the study. So we're not basing um, that judgment based on just one visit. We'll do it across three visits. Okay, okay, understand. Totally understand. It's a very thorough screening process. Um, but again, if you haven't been diagnosed necessarily with high blood pressure, it's worth investigating. It's worth in investigating. I understand that there are some people that are borderline, um, you know. So again, not being a medical person, I'm not exactly sure what that means. But, you know, just in, in, try it out. Investigate it. See what's going on. This is an awesome, uh, an awesome program. And you can get more information by going to gofreshstudy.org or calling 617-903-7943. Again, gofreshstudy.org or calling 617-903-7943. Again, this is Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM. Boston, Boston's community radio station. And today we are talking about the Go Fresh study. And I'm here with Nora, one of the research dietitians from Go Fresh. And, and Marwa, the clinical study specialist. And I hope that people were able to get some information about this wonderful study that's happening in the greater Boston area um, with a focus on, again, can you share the neighborhoods that you're focusing on? Yeah, um, so we're focusing on Brighton, Revere, um, Malden, <clears throat> excuse me, Chelsea, Madapan, Dorchester, East Boston, Roxbury, Everett, Roslindale, Hyde Park, and Jamaica Plain. Okay, those are the neighborhoods that the focus of the study is on. And if um, anybody out there listening would like more information about this study, their website, gofreshstudy.org, or you can get more information by calling 617-903-7943. Again, this is Vibes with Viv on LP. WCBALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. And again, we're going to take a quick break.
This is WBCALP Boston, Boston's community radio station. Interested in getting involved with community media? Come by the Boston Neighborhood Network, where we provide media and technology classes, as well as opportunities to produce your own shows. For more information, check us out at bnnmedia.org. Welcome back. This is Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. And again, we're here with Go Fresh, the Go Fresh study. Um, Nora, the research dietitian there. And Marwa, the clinical study specialist. I am so looking forward to when we're able to um, start having questions ca- being called in to the radio station because there may be some people that um, have some questions that um, I wasn't able to um, bring out to get more information about this fantastic study. And again, you're looking for, it sounds like you're looking for about 100 more people per each each study. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do not have to have a doctor's referral and this is looking at people's blood pressure and um, hopefully how diet affects blood pressure, information that can help us all. And um, you you would get put into two, one of two random uh, groups, mm-hmm. one having to do with actual purchasing of groceries and um, change, sort of altering or editing your your eating habits, and then the other, you'd be given a certain amount of money um, for the same amount of period monthly for the three months, I believe it is, mm-hmm. um, which you can do whatever it is you choose to do with. Um, but hopefully, <laughs> you'd be it would be assisting you to make better food choices, um, so as to assist you with your high blood pressure. Is that correct? That's the just from what I understand. That's correct, yeah. Okay, so I'm doing pretty good for a (laughs) non-medical person. Um, Again, uh, thank you so much for being here with us. Again, this is Vivian um, at Vibes with Viv on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. I'm so glad that you were here. We were able to come here and share this information with us. And I look forward to finding out how this study is is going and and hopefully that you will be helping as many people as you can and you will we'll, we'll get more information that will ultimately help folks with their lives and yep. their high blood pressure. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for having us on Vivian. This was great. This was this was great. This was fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you ladies. Take care. Thank, Thank you. you.